Welcome to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. At EPLA, we seek to support women and families suffering early pregnancy loss by providing resources, education, and community. It is our vision that no one suffers miscarriage alone. Welcome back to Hope Blooms. I'm Maria Servold, EPLA's president. And I'm Emily Carrington, EPLA's executive director. Today we're going to talk about something that's been one of our visions and goals for our organization from the very beginning. In fact, it was sort of the initial idea that Emily had when thinking about this organization and starting this organization. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, so this is actually something we don't do yet. (laughs) And it was the first idea that, like you said, sort of sparked the organization. And this is um, medical bill relief. So it was the fall of 2014, late fall, probably like October, November. And we had lost a baby in April, May, and then again in September. And our loss in April and May, it was like the last week of April, first week of May, was very expensive. Mm. I had $500 due Friday morning before I could have my DNC. Oh, Um, boy. I wrote a $500 check when I showed up to the surgery center. And then bills just kept coming. There were, of course, doctor's bills and anesthesiologist bills. And so they just sort of lab bills. Mm -hmm. It It was pretty expensive. I'm not sure exactly what the total number was. Probably, you know, somewhere between $1,000 and $1,500. But... You know, it was it was more substantial. We had decent insurance, but also a lot came out of pocket. So that was May. We kind of put that one behind us. We got through it. And then in September, we lost another pregnancy, almost exact same timing as our previous pregnancy. And that one, I had a natural miscarriage at home. Mm-hmm. So it was not as there was no surgery. Mm-hmm. It was it was at home. It was natural. And so I remember, you know, the first time I guess I didn't think much of it other than just like whatever things need to happen. And the, I don't know. And at the end, like, whoa, wow, that was kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. So the second time we had a, a natural miscarriage at home. I, you know, I've told the story before. We went to the doctor for a routine checkup, couldn't hear a heartbeat, went back for an ultrasound, couldn't find a heartbeat, waited a week or something like that to see if we were wrong about growth, couldn't mm-hmm. find a heartbeat again, then made the decision or slash didn't make the decision, uh, which is somehow how I make decisions. <laughs> Let it happen. <laughs> was I just sort of refused to make the decision to have mm-hmm. surgery as long as I was safe. Mm-hmm. And which then implicitly was the decision to have a natural miscarriage. So we did that. And that is what ended up happening. And that was a very different grief process. Definitely a lot more time to sit with my grief. Life wasn't moving as fast. Things weren't quite a blur. And couple months later, I don't know, four to six to eight weeks later, right? Mm -hmm. 
I get this bill and I, I swear it was for like $93. I don't mm. know why it's that clear in my head. And I got it that morning and I remember thinking like, man, I felt decent today. Mm-hmm. And this is stupid. Ruining your day. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a stupid reminder. Right. And I mean, it's not that I don't think, I mean, obviously, well, you know, I'm incurring services. Mm-hmm. And there's very few hospital services, except for maybe the birth of a child, that anyone was like, I love paying for my (laughs) broken arm or my heart attack Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. all of them are mildly traumatic, right? right? Like, you don't go to the hospital. Excited excited with your credit card. (laughs) Right. Like, I can't wait to spend money here. Yeah. So, but it was just like, man, what a reminder. Mm -hmm. This sucks. You know, so this is the trauma I know, right? And I went to lunch with my husband that day and I remember a coffee cup diner, I remember distinctly <laughs> and said, I, if we had all the money in the world, I would just call the hospital and start paying these bills. And he sort of just stared at me because <laughs> we don't have all the money in the world. <laughs> like a good husband, unsure what to say. Yeah. And, and at that point, this was just really like a, genuine like individual i wish this is something i could help do so then that winter was a rough winter for me i had not taken a job when we moved you know we moved in may sort of on top of our first loss the original plan was for me to stay home with this baby Mm -hmm. and then we quickly got pregnant with another baby so that seemed good Mm -hmm. so i just had not looked for work and had a really rough winter of just identity, like, who Mm -hmm. am I? Why? Mm -hmm. Like, what is happening? And was sort of trying to, like, get some things off the ground within my field, like, okay, well, you know, I have a background in museum studies, and I really like grant writing and nonprofits, and maybe I want to do sort of some consulting work in that area. And then it sort of, like, all came together all of a sudden where it was, like, wait, I don't have all the money in the world, but I'm also probably not the only person with this problem. And Mm -hmm. maybe there is something here that if we come together, there is a way we can do this. Mm -hmm. So that was winter of 14, 15. It's been a very, very slow process, but I, we started then just to talk, Mm -hmm. right? And so we talked to, my mom about it and she had some good ideas on how to get started and get off the ground so that's when we started doing these we did I think two if not three like community input Mm, meetings mm -hmm. and I know you were there for Mm -hmm. at least one of them yeah (laughs) and like you know hey what are the needs Mm -hmm. what what are the needs out there and can we pay bills for Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. that was always one of the first things we talked about. Yeah. I mean, that and resources, information and physical resources, those were sort of like the big three. Right. And yeah, from those meetings, it became clear too that not only bill pay is a problem, but that, you know, all the things we do do, educational resources, physical resources. Mm -hmm. And those were sort of the proverbial low-hanging fruit, right? It's a lot easier to just start, we, you know, so we decided, right, like, let's start where we can start. Let's get educational folders. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on to the miscarriage care kits, mm-hmm. which are great. 
but we're still stuck here with with trying to make bill pay happen. And I want to say we can let's talk a little bit here about the challenges that part of my vision has always been for it to be super easy for the mom. Right. And, And I think this is some of our where we get stuck. Obviously, we want to be able to provide resources for the mom and the people who need them. Uh, but we also want to want it to be super easy. My original vision was that it would just like the bills would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And like, then, yeah, we could swoop in somehow and pay them without them right. having to see it. So yeah. yeah, so not an application process, not one more thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, because at that moment in time, everything feels hard. Even right. the little normal things feel hard. Right. And then, you know, it's like paying bills in general might be hard. And then if it's a bill that it's like you're giving, you're sending your money away to pay for this, you know, yeah, um, uh, the memory of a terrible night or something. Right. right, right. So, you know, my original dream was just to like swoop in, the bill would go away. And instead of a bill, you'd get a lovely card that says something like your bill has been mm-hmm. paid for by the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. That has proved difficult to impossible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For so, so many reasons. So I guess, yeah, Maria, take it from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Where we are and yeah, why this has been so hard. Right. Well, and yeah, it's interesting because it's it, it was even hard at first to be like, who do we talk to first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where do we go first? And so we have been working with our local hospital, which has been great, but even figuring out like which person at the hospital do you talk to? Is it this department or that department? And then we quickly realized it can't be the kind of thing where because of HIPAA laws, health privacy laws, it's complicated. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, this is, we are not here to explain to you yeah. the problems of right. medical billing in America. Right. But, but like, we can't know about those people without the people knowing that we know, you know what I mean? Right. Because like, yeah, there's the so many challenges yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and so much red tape and medical billing is, is utterly confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, HIPAA laws, insurance coverage, you know, and these are things that I do not understand. Right. I am not an, you know, right. insurance. I'm not an actuary scientist. I'm not a, I'm not an accountant. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. We're not a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> we're people with an idea. <laughs> um, but we have had help from some people who do know those things. And we're, I would say we're close. We've got a draft agreement. It needs a couple more approvals, but <clears throat> we're hoping we're fingers crossed within this calendar year going to make it happen. And it would involve then people who, have suffered a loss having to technically apply in a way. And that's sort of how we at get least, around the laws. At least request. Around yeah. the laws is not the right word. The way we work within the laws. <laughs> yes. No, that's exactly what has taken us so long is yeah. that we want this to work uh, within hospital policies, mm-hmm. within obviously local and U.S. law and tax, tax law, law and yeah. privacy law. And, you know, in some ways this would be easy. Like an, an, And we make it there, an application process where we sort of have both things mm-hmm. at once, but we really just want want to make this easy for women and families. Yeah, you know, we also have challenges. Taking an application isn't as easy as it sounds either, because mm-hmm. then suddenly we have data. You know, so this has been not to get into the depths of all the <laughs> all the all the policy and 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 that details. Yeah, See, so that that has been that has been slowing us down. Um, you know, and also there was some time where we needed to literally have the money. And so we have been blessed with continued growth. Mm-hmm. And 
and resources, you know, so this is something that is feels like a reach, but a good reach. Mm-hmm. One that we've always tried to do. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's, it's interesting, I think, is sometimes if we feel frustrated that we haven't accomplished it yet, it's sort of this great driving force to keep us going. I mean, everything we're doing keeps us going every time we send a kit and know we help somebody, but it's this still like, we still have this goal that we're trying to attain, right? This fundamental goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, people, it's something that comes up and bubbles up as there's been more miscarriage awareness. Mm -hmm. I think there's been more awareness of the expense of miscarriage, right? So I think one of the disservices that the miscarriage myth that this is just like a heavy period is that then there wouldn't be any medical, right. you know, you go buy a $10 pack of pads yeah. and move on, uh, which we also think is a resource barrier. And we provide mm-hmm. pads in our resources mm-hmm. because we understand that that's not, that's still a resource barrier for some people. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had people say like, what do you mean medical expenses? Mm, people really? who, people who should know, mm. you know, like, isn't it just something that happens right well and like in my case i had two separate er visits right for the for the one loss you know yeah which included yeah like the doctor and i think an ultrasound and then yeah the second time you know more er visit and then a dnc so yeah by the time we were done it was thousands of dollars right and you know i've talked to many women who've had you know ambulance rides Mm -hmm. ambulatory services are not cheap Mm -hmm. i you know, ultrasounds themselves are not cheap. Mm-hmm. Every visit, you know, and you and you look at a place, you look at places that don't have access to great OB care mm-hmm. or any OB care. So mm-hmm. they end up in the ER mm-hmm. and miscarriages frequently happen right in the first eight weeks. There's there's a lot of time. Both mine were around 11 weeks. So I had established OB care, mm-hmm. which kept me second both times kept me out of the ER. So that's cheaper. But if it's in the first eight weeks, Mm -hmm. you may not have established care yet. Some OBs don't establish care till 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So now you're in the ER. Yeah, no matter what. And then, yeah, that's just more bills, which, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we have the emergency room and that I had somewhere to go and stuff. But as we talked about in a previous episode, the care I got there that one time wasn't great. But, and then, so that was part of it too, was I sort of felt like, what happened in the ER the first time was not comforting and great. <laughs> I didn't right. I didn't leave feeling good, um, and not only because of the loss. And then so that on top of that, to then get a bill for that sort of felt like kicking right. me while I was down. Right. And I think depending on, you know, insurance and coverage and, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard of, you know, I said my first experience was probably $1,500. I've heard of experiences, you know, in the nine to $10,000 mm-hmm. range. You know, so so this is financially substantial yes. and I think overlooked, right? Like we all know that cancer is expensive, mm-hmm. right? We we all know that. Someone has cancer, you know, you can be cancer broke for a long time. Mm-hmm. There are now, you know, there's GoFundMes. Right. That is something I think like, oh, that that alarm goes off in people's right. head. Like this could be, you know, a million dollars in medical bills. Right. You wouldn't necessarily be surprised by a big bill. Right. And miscarriage, I don't think that goes off in people's head Mm -hmm. right now that this is expensive. It's not a million dollars, but one to $10,000 is a lot of money. Right. For a process that's supposedly, you know, 
mostly natural, right? Like right. it's a thing that the body does. And yet, you know. Yes, but I do not spend a thousand dollars every month. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> on my, to take care of my body. Right. 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 So you know, this this is substantial, and unfortunately, women often suffer repeat miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And even then, if you want to move into testing or you want to move into other lab work, right. so we just think it's really important to one raise awareness that that miscarriage is expensive mm-hmm. this is a financial burden and it is a it, it is i think where it's separated from other medical expenses i want to be careful with how i say this because mm-hmm. i guess it depends you know i i don't think that miscarriage should be like a free service right like i said if the hospital gave yeah. you every sad right. thing for free then right you know right but you're dealing with both a physical trauma and the emotional grief mm-hmm. of the death of someone else, making it, you know, a really complicated grief. Yep. So hopefully the next time we talk about miscarriage medical bill relief, mm-hmm. we'll be announcing We'll have a that program. <laughs> we have a plan and a yeah. program and that we have started implementing you know, and we, we really want to start local. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think, too, there's a need to focus on rural health medical miscarriage bill relief in, in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I have been reading and researching just the need for maternal health care mm-hmm. in rural locations and the support for that is just really, really necessary. Mm-hmm. So, so being moved to start helping our local community in this way and to, to provide some relief in some rurally, rural, um, underserved medical yep. areas yep. and help and help in that way. So hopefully we'll have more movement on that. Yeah. Um, and, and you're, you're, you know, to our listeners, any, any support, this is something that, uh, we've been, you know, stashing funds away for. Mm-hmm. Any support, any guidance, any ideas? Mm-hmm. If anyone out there is an expert in this, <laughs> um, if you have zone. insurance, legal, medical, yes, let us know. Gifts, all of that, we're we're here for it. We're we're here to we're here to to listen to your ideas, and uh, we're really close. Mm-hmm. So we hope this is something you all can get excited for, if there is such a word, but yeah. get moved for. So, yeah. so thank you, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. To learn more about how we and you can support women suffering early pregnancy loss, visit our website at miscarriagecare.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening.